Hey there, welcome to the Cultivated Family Podcast. I'm Megan Hillica, and this is where we dive into grief and loss and all that I've learned through the loss of my daughter, Aria. I want to share tools and the things I've learned along the way to help me carry my grief, along with interviews and stories of other people who have experienced pain and heartache in their life, and how we can, as friends, support one another through our tough times so that we can have the joys again as well. You are not alone, my friend, so let's dive in. You're listening to episode number eight on the Cultivated Family Podcast. Today, I want to talk about some lessons I've learned through my journey with grief. But before we dive in, I want to share that next week's guest is going to share her experiences with mental health and how she has found a way to build a beautiful life despite the hard things she faces in her life. So let's dive into this week's episode. First, I want to start with that grief does not go away. I think we all want to run away from the pain. It's so, so hard. It's a pain that I've never experienced before in my life. No, nobody wants to, to feel it. Nobody wants to face it. Before we are faced with death, we like to pretend it's not there. And then all of a sudden it's in your life and you have nowhere to turn. When Aria died, I really, really wanted to go to sleep and wake up on the other side. I just didn't feel like I could face what my future was. I didn't feel like I had the strength to go through what was facing me. And someone told me that it's not possible, that I need to walk through the grief, that there's no way of just getting to the other side, so-called other side, without walking through what what is a normal response to loss. It's, there's no way to to get there without facing what what is right in front of us so you get to choose do you face your grief now or will it come sometime down the road there's no there's no running away from grief there's no hiding or numbing or stuffing it away at some point in our lives it will come up again there's no not facing it and so it really is up to you. There's no right or wrong way to go about it, but it's just that grief is not going to go away. So even if you feel your grief and allow it to be there, it doesn't mean it goes away forever, but it's a lot lighter and it's easier to find joy. So like the wave analogy I talked about in a previous episode, grief comes and goes, it ebbs and flows. But there's almost a period of this has been my experience of really intense grieving and then it gets, once you face that really, really intense grieving and kind of process all the guilt and anger or different things that can come up, then it gets easier and lighter, but it doesn't mean the grief is gone. So there's this saying that I know a lot of people don't like that time heals all wounds and time doesn't heal all wounds grief is different for everybody and losing a child is a wound that will never disappear and time can pass with no progress in your grief journey because you don't allow the grief to be there or you are drinking or medicating or numbing or keeping too busy many of these things help us numb the pain and I've heard this quote that Time passes no matter what, and it's what we do with the time that matters. 
And sometimes it's needed that we take a break from the pain. So finding something that helps us cope in that moment or just it's so heavy. Sometimes you just really need a break. So these things um, like keeping busy for a little while can be useful to catch our breath or be able to get through the next wave. So you can think of it as training for something. Justin is training for a half marathon and training can be similar. Some days you run, 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 kind of face your grief, deal with the emotions, face the pain, and then you need a rest. When you're running for a marathon, you have rest days. And grieving can be this way as well. We face our grief and then we might need a little break. And whatever the way that break comes, take it and kind of enjoy it and not it's hard to enjoy anything when you're in deep grief but kind of take it as a rest and a reprieve when that wave goes away because it can give you the strength to face the next part or the next grief or the next training whatever however you want to think of it so again that time passes no matter what and it's what we do with the time that matters and we all get to decide how we want to spend the time so It's up to you how you want to spend the time after your child dies. There's no right or wrong way to do it. But we can choose to not try to deal with it or face it and still be where we're at in 30 years. Or we can choose to allow grief, face it, and kind of allow it to be a part of us because that is what it is now. It is part of us. It's part of you. It's part of me. And there's nothing we can do to change that. So you have a choice and only you can make that choice. So this is both terrifying and liberating. It's a hard and heavy thing when it's up to you to decide what to do with your grief. But the choices you make then are on you. And this is also liberating because it gives you some semblance of control when you're in a situation when you feel so out of control. After you lose a child, it is the most out of control feeling I have ever had in my life of the things that you thought were all sudden aren't, all the things you believed all sudden aren't, everything that was isn't and it's just it makes you feel so out of control. So finding these little ways in your life, maybe within your mind to get a little bit of control over your life is super helpful in learning how to live with grief. So I knew right away that I wanted to go to therapy and I kept telling my therapist that I'm here because I didn't have a choice. I had no choice. My child died and my only option in my life was to come here because I knew I couldn't do it alone. This is the only way I could see forward. I didn't feel strong enough to do this on my own and I needed all the help I could get. He told me that, you know, you do have a choice, right? He said, You are choosing to be here. You're choosing to um, take the time, drop your kids off at babysitters and come sit here. You're choosing to, this is how you're choosing to face your grief. And he told me that he has clients that make different choices. Um, He had a client that gambled away his house. And that was the first time I even remotely considered that I had some choices in my grief that I could choose the ways in which I processed my grief 
and that you get to too. And I want you to remember that you do have a choice and you get to choose that. So something I want you to think about is, are you numbing your grief? I want you to really sit with this and it's not a, I'm not trying to bash or to shame anything. I just want you to notice and pay attention if you are numbing your grief. There might be a time where you numb your grief in many different forms because it feels like the only way you can get through. I did this myself and I kept kept really busy for a long time. It felt really good to be around people. Um, I think there's still a measure of grieving. You're still grieving, but it's just a way to cope in that time. And it's it's okay. It's just important to notice and pay attention to it. So I want to talk about a few ways that you might be numbing. Yeah, so maybe you're using these methods of coping, which might give you a little break from the pain. And we need that break sometimes. But just be aware of what you're doing. So keeping really busy, I already mentioned that I did this for a while and I still live a full life. I still like to do things, but I'm pretty aware of my grief and my feelings. Um, You could do it through eating through shopping, drinking, gambling, sleeping, exercising, um, basically anything that we do overly much can be a way of trying to cope. I do want to mention drinking. Um, This can be a really dangerous way of coping because I think it's harder to face your grief when you're numbing it all the time and you're not feeling it and experiencing it and leaning into it and then when you try to stop drinking the pain is all that much more um, painful because you've been numbing it for so long so I just want to send you love and some caution that it's really important to pay attention to what you're doing and the consequences in the long term of what you might be doing to yourself. So there's this concept of building your life bigger around your grief. And grief doesn't diminish in size. It's always there. And I want you to notice how much space your grief is taking up in your life at this moment. It might be taking up every ounce of your being. It might be all you can think about. Um, Your child is in your constant thoughts. I know all the thoughts that I've had with Aria and these are things for me where things like I can't believe they're gone how does one die how is death so final Um, if only I could turn back the clock in time and remembering all the things you did do or all the things you didn't do I don't think anyone else can understand how much your child is on your mind how constant it is the grief takes up your whole life it's everything in your life so I want you to notice how much energy is exerted to your grief and then think of this that your grief will always be there the only way it begins to soften and get a little lighter is when you start to build your life bigger around your grief so this is by no means saying that you will ever forget or move on from your child I think that's one of one of our biggest fears is that if we start to Um, face our grief or learn how to live with our grief or live with the pain 
that we're forgetting our child and that we're moving on. And that is not the case. You never, ever have to forget, forget your child or move on from your child. You never will. I know you will always love them. I know you will always think of them and they'll, they're a part of your life. They will always be there and you don't need to worry about that. But what are some ways that you can build your life bigger around your grief so that your grief is as big as it always will be? It doesn't diminish in size, but you can make your life bigger around the grief so the grief isn't taking up so much space or energy in your life. So it will always be there, but you can make your life bigger. What can you do to meet others, to try something new, to pour your grief into a hobby or a practice? Where is somewhere you can go? Even if these things terrify you, you can take little steps. There's no need to rush or force But sometimes, especially in grief, we have to push ourselves just a little bit to get started. So I hope these things made sense and they give you a little nudge to realize that your grief is your own and you can have a choice in what you do with it. There is no shame, absolutely no shame in how you decide to do that. It's your grief and you get to choose. But being aware that you are choosing gives some power back to you in your life in a completely uncontrollable situation. I want to let you know that in a few weeks, an opportunity to work more closely together will be coming. I'm excited to be creating a safe space to grieve and explore grief and who we are after loss. If you want to learn more, go to www.bit.ly slash thegrievingmomshaven to get on the wait list. I would suggest you do so because you want to be the first to hear because the spots are extremely limited. So you, if you want to get in and get on the list, it's important to do that. As always, I'm sending you so much love today. Above all, please make space for your grief and have kindness for yourself and your pain. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Cultivated Family Podcast. While this episode is over, you can continue to join me in conversation on Instagram or Facebook at Cultivated Family. I would love to see you there.